Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum joins us for Mondays with the Mayor. It- Good morning. Mayor Bynum, it's been a little while. we got to <laughs> usher you in. Guess who's back? Uh, It's good to talk with you after some time away. I know you gave your uh, State of the City last week, and I wanted to touch on some of that. I I noticed you highlighted a lot of things that have been worked on since you became mayor and you're entering your final year of your term here. I'm curious if you're starting to reflect a little bit more as it gets closer. Um, Well, mainly I reflect on uh, the things that aren't done yet. that's really, I, I find myself probably two or three times a week waking up at two or three of the board and thinking, oh, got to do this, 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 and this, and just getting up and starting on it. Cause it's like, oh, I got, you know, less than 13 months at this point to get as much done as I can and what I think is the best job in public service. So uh, that's the big thing. I think we'll have time to, to look back on things from a more global standpoint after we're done hustling uh, over the next. 12 months. Some of those things that you said not done yet in your speech, you referenced the uh, the homeless situation, the, the um, life expectancy gap in North Tulsa. Are those things that you think you can make significant progress on before you go, or is it more like you'll be laying the foundation for the next mayor? Well, I think with the, on the homeless side, we're going through right now really revolutionizing the role of the city government in addressing the issue. I mean, as recently as you know, three years ago, the main role that the city had was as a pass-through for federal grants to dole them out to uh, local nonprofits, and that was pretty much the extent of our work on the issue. In the last three years, we've launched 20 different initiatives focused on this, and I think uh, we're not done yet, uh, but I think there are some things that we definitely want to get done in the next year that are critically important, like getting a low-barrier shelter open, which we think will get a lot of folks off of the street uh, and and into the hands of folks who can help them, Uh, and also launching a program where if clearly having a a psychotic breakdown, uh, we can get them in the hands of people who are going to help them uh, and then have housing for them afterwards so they're not just back out on the street having another breakdown two weeks later. So there's things like that that we can do, uh, but I think probably as important as any of that is measuring how all these different initiatives that we're doing, what kind of results they're yielding so that in the long run, the city can double down on those things uh, that work and pull back funding from the things that don't. And on the life expectancy disparity, I would say that that's probably one of the biggest realizations I had in my first term. I came in, I really ran wanting to close the life expectancy gap between North Tulsa and the rest of the city. But what I gained an appreciation for is this is not – if this was like easy fixes, somebody else would have already fixed it. These are uh, major long-term changes that have to be changed. And so what's important is to put in systems that systematize the work of changing it regardless of who the mayor is. And a big one of those is the Tulsa Authority for Economic Opportunity that we created that uses economic development – uh, to, to improve equality of opportunity in Tulsa. So the city moving forward, our economic development incentives and work aren't just going to be about whoever the mayor is gets to announce some jobs uh, announcement or some real estate investment. It's that that work is going into creating equality of opportunity in Tulsa over the long term. In your address last week, you told the story of Councillor Jeannie Q kind of giving you a hard time about your tenure <laughs> as uh, you know, being some of the worst years in Tulsa, not by your, yeah. your actions, but just by the way things have gone. I mean, the big flood, COVID, a cyber hack. Is that something you had kind of stood back and looked at before? 
Uh, well, I certainly uh, appreciate. I've appreciated it as each problem has arisen. I remember if you'd told me back when the 2019 flood hit that these would be the good old days. Uh, right. At some point, I would not have predicted a you know once in a century global pandemic or being the largest city in Oklahoma to get hit with a cyber attack or didn't even know what a derecho was uh, before <laughs> this year, uh, let alone a, a polar vortex. And we've been hit by all of those things. But what I'm really proud of, uh, of Tulsa in that sense, is I had always talked about us in a historic sense, like when hard times come, we pull together and make it through and that's in our DNA. But I was always talking about that from like Tulsa history standpoint. I think in the last four years, uh, we've really shown that this generation of Tulsans is absolutely worthy of, of that mantle as well. Uh, and what this generation of Tulsans has gone through and to have the city thriving right now. I mean, we're in the greatest moment of investment in the history of Tulsa right now, in spite of all of those challenges uh, that we've gone through. It, it really makes you proud of the resilience of Tulsans. I heard you say you've been meeting with some of the candidates for mayor who one of these people will ultimately replace you, uh, meeting with them in your office. Is, is that kind of thing normal? No, no, it is not normal. Uh, but again, like I'm, I could be running for re-election again. But I think what's best for Tulsa is that somebody new is in this job every eight years or so with new energy and different ideas, different ways of looking at things. I, I've always tried to put what's best for Tulsa first and foremost in the work that I've done. And looking ahead to the mayor's race next year, uh, I, seeing several really great people step up and say that they want to pursue it. I thought, well, if I were one of them, like what would have been ideal for me when I was running back then? And A, it's that I'm not going to endorse anybody because I want everybody that's running to know that I'm here as a resource for them uh, and that I'm going to be working over the next year so that whoever wins uh, just it, is positioned for tremendous success during their time as mayor. Uh, but the other one is um, – I would have loved it if I'd been able to go and meet with the mayor. It was a little different because I was running against the mayor at the time. But I, I thought, wouldn't it be great if anybody that's a, a legit candidate running for mayor, uh, I'll invite them up to the mayor's office, uh, any department heads that they want to meet with, ask them questions off the record about different things the city's doing. Uh, we want our team to be a resource because one of these people is going to be leading the city uh, 13 months from now. And so done that with several of the candidates uh, who have stepped up and, and each of them I thought asked great questions uh, and had really good interactions with our department directors. And as I've told them throughout the campaign, anything that they need from an information resource, uh, our team in the mayor's office is here to provide it to them. And, and I just want them to be able to make uh, informed uh uh, decisions and be able to speak about their vision for Tulsa with all of the resources that they will have uh, if they're elected mayor. We have seen some mixed reaction to the Tulsa Monopoly game. Some say it's great. Others say it's missing some important landmarks like the Philbrook, Turkey Mountain, Route 66. What's your reaction? Well, I, I guess uh, I, I'm kind of on, in, in the middle there. Uh, you know, I think Probably the thing I'm most excited about with the Monopoly Board is that in all the cities they've done this, they've never had more uh, ideas put forward by citizens than were put forward by Tulsans. And, and as I said when it was announced, like I think that is indicative of the tremendous enthusiasm 
that you have in Tulsa right now for everything that's happening. And so for people to be upset that, that, you know, their favorite thing didn't get on there, that's totally natural because of the passion that people have uh, for our city and, and things that are happening in Tulsa. But at the end of the day, it's only so many spaces that can go on a board and uh, the folks at Hasbro made those decisions on what's going to go on there. I'm thankful that we have a Tulsa Monopoly board at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool thing. And uh, so I'm grateful that we have it. But I also, knowing the passion that people have for different things around town, I can understand why some folks would be upset. Talking with Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum Monday with the mayor. First one in a while. It's good to talk with you. We just got this on the open mic. I know you told Dan some time ago you will not be on a ballot in 2024. Just just want to close with this. I say G.T. Bynum for state governor. Just to let you know where folks are thinking. <laughs> That's the nicest open mic statement you guys have ever received about me. That's great. <laughs> great chatting with you this morning, Mayor. Have a good one. Hey, thanks a lot. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.